You're listening to Brand to Brand, a B2B marketing show that's safe enough for work, but not safe enough to be on the radio. With your host, Thomas Sterling. What's up, everyone? Today on the show, we're exploring the weird world of non-fungible tokens, aka NFTs. We'll take a look at some household names like Coca-Cola and Charmin to determine this is real life or just fantasy. All right, let's kick things off. Welcome back, everyone, in the studio once again, talking about non-fungible tokens today, NFTs, things we've discussed on the show before. And for those that haven't heard our crypto episodes, the bonus episode where we interviewed Mason Fisher, or the brand verse brand where we considered Bitcoin versus Ethereum, I would recommend those listening to check those out before we dive into this. Non-fungible tokens. What are your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, I'd like to think that we're non-fungible. We are one of a kind. Yes, I know. (laughs) One of a kind. They only made ones. So for anyone who doesn't know what non-fungible even means, because I didn't when I first heard it, it's basically an asset that cannot be exchanged or substituted with similar assets of the same value. What does that mean? It means that you could create something that can never be replicated. It exists once. And in the concept of selling non-fungible tokens, you can give something to someone and then you no longer have it. And And then that person has that one copy and can choose to give it to somebody else. And by that, people, purveyors of the blockchain community, members of the blockchain community, they're aiming to solve for the problem that exists with art. All of these, think about the Napster days, people booting up the computer and downloading anything from anywhere without uh, actually paying for it. And that happens all over the place. If we use the art analogy, an NFT, if you create artwork with that NFT, that's like you owning the original Banksy, right? A lot of people can own prints of it. So that's what makes it complicated. People are like, well, what's the difference between the NFT? If I can right-click on the NFT and say, save image as and download it on my computer, then what the heck is the value of owning this thing? It's the value of owning the original. Yep. It's all about the clout and the bragging rights. That's right. (laughs) And with that, let's get into it. I think before we get into it, one of the best ways that at least Veronica's brain works in breaking down a concept that's maybe a little bit hard to grasp is with comedy. You know, you always love these SNL folks and their ways of breaking things down. Let's let's get into it. If I had to explain NFTs, I'd probably say that. Hey, here's the thing about NFTs. It's a non-fungible token, you see. Non-fungible means that it's unique. There can only be one like you and me. <laughs> NFTs are insane. insane. Built on a blockchain. That's right. A digital ledger of transactions. It records information on what's happening. When it's minted, you can sell it as art. And this concludes my rapping part. Wow. That's pretty much what I would have said, so thank you. (laughs) Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Let's look at two brands that are riding the NFT craze. We got Coca-Cola, an American classic, (laughs) and Charmin. Also an American classic. famous toilet paper manufacturer. (laughs) Which one do you want? I'm going Charmin. (laughs) Okay. Why Charmin? I love the idea of brands that lean in and are so on the nose with the actual product that they make. 
They've always just had really fun, creative campaigns that were maybe a little bit goofy. Clearly, the brand hasn't taken themselves too seriously, which allowed them to be a little bit playful, a little more innovative and exploratory. And their big selling point of their product is their softness. So it's like, if you're going to use toilet paper, why don't you turn something mundane and routine about being a human being into a pleasant experience? And they're terrific with their brand messaging. I mean, their their website, the title of the page is Enjoy the Go with the Best Toilet Paper Rolls. It works. They have been named one of the sassiest brands on Twitter. And one of their Twitter campaigns that really uh, went viral was this tweet from the seat campaign. Because we live in a world, we live in a society where a lot of people are using their phone while going to the bathroom. So they were like, hey, you're already there. Let's lean into this. So tweet from the seat. So clearly, Charmin has been doing some, I guess you could call it cutting edge, marketing tactics for a toilet paper brand. Um, They got into the NFT space by, (laughs) they call it NFTP, which, come on, it's too easy. Uh, The vice president of Charmin actually said that NFTs are a fun and playful way to give the biggest Charmin fans, uh, they have fans, I guess, a -a one-of-a-kind virtual version of their favorite role, which it's interesting, the NFTs they created is artful rolls of toilet paper. So like NFTs of digital art that are rolls of toilet paper with flowers. And I know what you're thinking, why the hell would anybody buy this? Well, of course, why the hell would anybody buy any NFT? So there's that. And the first NFT sold for what? About $3,000, right? When converted. Correct. Because it's obviously sold using crypto. Yeah. Not a lot of huge payouts for that, but... Other people are saying that... uh Charmin getting into the NFT space is sort of a sign of the end of a bubble. One article on Decrypt actually said, I mean, if you have stacks of shit coins sitting around, why not Why not buy some art to spice up the can? And buy shit coins. I'm <laughs> mean, assuming that you mean coins that are sort of out of favor, coins that aren't yes. necessarily really increasing in value, coins that are sort of burning a hole in your proverbial soft wallet. I love this. I want to know everything about crypto. I'm well, so Well, do you fascinated. have a soft wallet or a hard wallet? I have a hard wallet, but it's soft leather. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so hard wallet being hardware wallet might be you storing your crypto on a USB key versus soft wallet might be you storing your crypto in the cloud somewhere like a Coinbase. That's the difference between a hard and a soft wallet. Whoa, okay. People that are using shit coins, they've got shit coins (laughs) in their coin purse, soft wallet or hard wallet, who knows? And they're just trying to unload it. Just clogging up their Just clogging it up. (laughs) Clogging it up. Speaking of soft, soft drinks. Why are you choosing Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola is a brand that we have purposefully not tried to feature on this show for obvious things like what makes a great logo. And Mm. but their timeless brand identity. To see them enter the crypto space and enter the crypto space in such an interesting way. They partnered with Uh, another brand to actually harness and create 3D digital art. Obviously, all of these brands that are getting in the NFT space, they're donating all their proceeds. In this case, Coca-Cola, out of the goodness of their own heart and smartly, is uh, donating to the Special Olympics International, which is awesome. But what they did was they actually dropped a loot crate 
Loot Crate, obviously following the, you know, concepts that you hear, you know, in Fortnite and other kind of gaming mm-hmm. concepts where there's all these loot. And they dropped a bunch of one-of-a-kind pieces. And these one-of-a-kind pieces ranged from, like, a Coca-Cola 3D plush hoodie to a old replica of, like, the original Coca-Cola machines, vending machines, that were all the rage and that people still talk about. Obviously, in Coca-Cola fashion... They're creating a whole new kind of part of their identity. I found an interesting uh, sort of stat that I thought was, um, you know, kind of fun. The number of Gen Zers who think it's cool to be associated with a brand on social media is actually declining. And so brands Mm. are having to find new ways to stay relevant and get ahead of this. And according to Forrester Research in 2019, 52% people believed uh, this to be true. And now it's 46% in 2020, 43% in 2021, meaning this brand affiliations. How cool is it? It's declining. People are not necessarily like, oh, give me a follow. When Facebook came up, follow me on Facebook. Everyone's like, follow me on Facebook. It's like, I don't actually need to follow you, okay? What are you doing that's bragworthy? Well, Coca-Cola is doing something bragworthy by getting into the NFT space. It's so funny. It feels like all of it is so tongue-in-cheek. Well, it kind of is. That's what's so hilarious about it. It And it's working. It kind of is. So is is this real? The thing about NFTs is it's all about sort of in some ways protecting your intellectual property. But what happens when somebody takes your intellectual property, downloads it, and uploads it as their own NFT? That is one real challenge. Is there going to be a future where there's an an art heist movie and the heist is like hackers stealing digital art? Well, people are already stealing and hackers are already stealing from people. People online right now stealing their crypto wallets. I got to play a little clip for you. Okay. Tanya and Jared Vitovic discovered cryptocurrency through Tanya's co-worker a few years ago, and they thought the boom that attracted so many investors would give their young family a financial leg up. So how did it go at first? Up until recently, it was great. But earlier this year, the Vitovics say their account was hacked. Their investment, which had grown from a total of about $45,000 to some $168,000, was essentially wiped out, going down to $587. And so obviously that's a cautionary tale. Anybody that's getting involved in this crypto space and and NFTs, non-fungible tokens, are all built on top of the Ethereum blockchain network, the network that powers smart contracts and all of these little programmable assets. And so if you venture into this world of NFTs, it's going to be sitting in a wallet somewhere. And that makes it vulnerable. And that's why some people are going hard wallet, meaning Mm. I actually own this thing. It's in my possession. (laughs) That's the equivalent of I'm putting my money under the mattress. It is (laughs) in your hard mattress wallet. Your your mattress just needs a little slide out USB key and all will be well. That's hilarious. <laughs> you can't take my wallet. It's the size of my bedroom. This is fast. That's just I can't believe that this is where we are. But I think one of the things though that's so salient for me about uh, all of this is all of this comes back to this concept of decentralized finance, right? DeFi, this sort of concept of an umbrella term for peer-to-peer financial services on public blockchains. It allows for me to exchange something to you, for me not to worry as I give you said item that you're going to have the money to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Making a transaction, buying something on Craigslist, someone shows up with a cashier check, you still look at it. You're like, is this real? (laughs) Am I getting scammed? What's a cashier's check? (laughs) This This is literally going to 
like change the game where the transaction won't even process unless you have the appropriate funds. If for some reason we have to wait for some other thing to happen, that can mm-hmm. all be programmed in in a smart contract. It literally changes the game. And it and I think it solves or works towards, and all of these things associated with non-fungible tokens, it all works towards solving this very, very hard task of intellectual property and this concept. And photographers deal with this. They post a photo mm-hmm. online, someone steals it, they grab it, they use it on their website, whatever. People are constantly dealing with the pushing and pulling of that. And this yep. allows for a mechanism for people to prove ownership of something. But I think what makes the NFT craze the most interesting in my mind, let's take Banksy as an example, someone that's in the zeitgeist as an unbelievable well, kind of like our friend Hitachi Nakamoto, who started yes. Bitcoin, right? Yep. An anonymous figure who yep. we probably some someone's, multiple people, <laughs> right? But just like that, in that same regard, it's an anonymous person. And Banksy has done all of these amazing works of art. And Banksy's work is worth a ton of money. But Banksy also always started putting his art in public spaces. Yes, that's right. Which is so interesting because now you have people who are taking Banksy's work and he's just getting nothing out of it. That's true. <laughs> but if we were Banksy in this case and Banksy was using an NFT, I could sell you my work as Banksy, right? And I could Are you Banksy? I could create No, I wish. <laughs> wow, you just didn't even <laughs> let that rumor no, bubble. No, I got to got to squash it early. Got to squash it early. You can create art, a beautiful beautiful medium. You can sell it to somebody, okay? They can then have ownership of said item. But you can sell it in a way with an NFT where you can still get a royalty or some sort of percentage of future payment. That, that to me, is like the most mind-blowing part of all of this. If you find that mind-blowing, <laughs> I have something mind-blowing for you as well. So but wait, there's more. Earlier today, you shared a photo with me. You shared a screen grab of something that you found offensive. What was it? <laughs> it was <laughs> It was a an emoji a 3D like emoji smiling face that had such aggressively <laughs> large pupils. It was supposed to be cute, but it rubbed me the wrong way. So what if somebody took that creepy thing that you hated so much and they converted it into a non-fungible token? No, you did not. Does this look familiar to you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I took that uh, weird took that weird smiley face. You took face. something I hated. You made it worse. I made it interplanetary and I added laser eyes because it's really into crypto. So now it exists like God. It's just always out there. It's just always out there. That's great. As a non-fungible token. And I've created an account where I can send I can I can build NFTs and it's a called mintable.app. Anybody can do it. You just need to have a crypto wallet so you can store it somewhere. You can create some value. Okay, and I can show you. Are you how gonna to do make that. money off my pain? I am. <laughs> it's two hundred and fifty dollars right now. It's an auction. You know what? I'm gonna buy it. You That's should. That's how I win. You should buy it. <laughs> I can't. Do believe. you want me to tell you how I made an NFT? Yes. Okay, I'll give you the highlights. Okay, because I understand for some listeners this is this is an interesting interesting thing. But right, first and foremost, you have to have some sort of crypto wallet connected with your computer. Best one out there, one I'd recommend, MetaMask kind of connects your crypto wallet to your browser, okay? Simple way of thinking about it. Once you have one of these wallets set up, you can go to Mintable, and that's where you go in, and you can create, and you can upload your content, and you can upload anything that's under 100 megabytes. It could be a JPEG, a PNG, a GIF, SVG, MP4, so you can do videos, MP3, 
Wave, OGG, GLB, GLTF, OPP, you know me. I mean, the list goes on. But I didn't want to just create an NFT. I kind of wanted to like have one of those break the moments. And I kind of also wanted to surprise you because I actually gave you a framed, a framed, a framed version of the original NFT so that you can. What in the hell? Is going on. I well, am speechless. It's, which... not, it's not the original. Okay, I need to make sure everyone's clear on that. That is a copy of the original. The original can only be purchased on the interwebs. Are you plugging your, <laughs> <laughs> your NFT now? Uh, this whole podcast has just been a ploy <laughs> for you to launch your NFT art gallery. Uh, and there's going to be more coming, people. So I get ready. I <laughs> cannot believe that this is real. So I guess this is fantasy. <laughs> the NFT market alive and well. A clip art of a rock, of a rock, just sold uh, for about 400 ether, or about $1.3 million, that happened late yesterday. There's just 100 of them, only 100 of them. And according to the Ether Rock website, uh, these virtual rocks serve no purpose beyond being able uh, to be bought and sold. But I heard a really great argument for NFTs, because you were reading that very skeptically. The argument that I heard yesterday that was very compelling to me was that, like so many things in life, you buy things for a sense of community like the label you wear on your shirt or the kind of car you drive, it's entree into a, a sort of community of like-minded individuals. That's And NFTs good. do that. So it's not necessarily the long-term, not the value of that rock in 20 years, but it's what it gets you right now in terms of who, who else yeah. lives in this future. That was a clip from Squawk Box on CNBC. I think it just speaks to the fact that it's kind of like when the internet first came out and nobody had a freaking clue what mm. the internet was. People don't understand what these NFTs are. They're searching for some meanings. They're trying to figure it all out. And NFTs are just the first, I think, of many interesting things that we're going to see come mm. out of blockchain on the Ethereum network and on other networks where people are trying to solve for problems that arguably are hard to solve. But who the hell cares? <laughs> and why are people buying <laughs> NFTs of rocks? It's, I have no idea, but it's crazy because so many big companies are doing this and for different reasons. So obviously we talked about Coca-Cola, Charmin. There are other major brands in the space. One that's very interesting to me, and we, uh, the clip that we just listened to was talking about one of the first cryptocurrencies created in 2017. One of the other ones, CryptoPunk, um, <laughs> is a collection that Visa actually just bought into. And the reason that Visa bought into it was they basically said, we want to start to be able to advise our customers, our partners to participate in this. And in order for us to understand, we had to basically experience the infrastructure and the buying experience for ourselves as a company so we could better understand how to also securely do this because this feels like the future of e-commerce. And now for something completely different. So what the hell have we been talking about? I, I, I mean, it's digital art, it's downloadable <laughs> art, it's, uh, it's crazy internet stuff. How do we make this actually actionable for... The average listener. 
I would say first and foremost, all of this stuff is all around an intent to protect IP. So I think it's time to look inward and say, what are we doing to protect our intellectual property? Take a moment and just ponder that. As I mentioned before, I kind of think of this as the golden age of hacking, right? Cyber espionage, ransomware. It's critical that you think about keeping your assets protected in this age. And blockchain is working towards this. Second thing I would say is it's marketing, stupid. Is there an opportunity for your brand to get out there in this moment and do something that might resonate with your prospective customer? And then beyond that, I would say stay up with the times. This is your chance to, if you haven't already, create one of those crypto wallets, put a little bit of money in the market, take a look, browse and see what other people are doing with the art that's out there, what they're doing with NFTs, what they're doing with smart contracts, how people are leveraging this movement. And then the last thing I would say is take your hand at some digital art. I mean, I say it sort of jokingly, but I actually had a lot of fun putting that together. And it's actually a lot easier than you would think. And there are tons of online stores where you can post your art and your art can be in the form of photo, video, and it may be the middle of a bubble, but that doesn't mean you can't make a buck in the meantime. So if you had to take anything away from the show, I don't. What, what are you taking I away? I mean, here? I literally you get to get take to that take home. <laughs> this away from the show, I get to take it. Thomas's first ever NFT. NFT. I could sign that if you want, or could I don't you? have to. Uh, why don't you sign the back? Actually, and then, can oh. I have that back? Because you said you were going to buy it. No, no, no. It, I actually own this now and you no longer have it. So That's not that's how, how that works. Possession's nine-tenths of the law. I don't know and what I it is in possess the it. Uh, And I would say my takeaway is it's never been easier to get into the NFT space. This is the time to start to stake your claim in the early days of this new and amazing technology. And with that... We're out, folks. Okay, well, that was just a list of complete nonsense, but you're not totally wrong. Thanks so much for listening to Brand to Brand. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, and don't keep us a secret. Tell your friends.